Welcome to the Rated Rabbi Sports Card Podcast, where sports cards and pop culture meet the 1984 All-Star Game. I am your host, Rabbi David Spinrad, and welcome to episode 25, Behold, the Master Set. This is a really special episode. You may have noticed this is not my normal setup. We're going to go mobile today because we are celebrating the completion of the master set. So in a little while, we're going to move over and take a look at my completed master set, a PSA graded master set, 80 cards, all the players, the rosters, the coaches, the announcers, and more, everybody who was a part of the 1984 All-Star Game played at Candlestick Park, Candlestick Park, July 10th, 1984. I want to offer a special welcome to our first-time listeners and first-time viewers. Thank you so much for being a part of this this special day. I, uh, I'm really stoked to share it with you. You know, the, the Raider Rabbi Sports Card podcast is a is a is a deep dive it's a narrow focus and it is the intersection of sports cards popular culture and the 1984 all-star game why why dave why the 84 all-star game well i was there i was a 13 year old kind of chubby post bar mitzvah age kid a little awkward insecure Lived in Northern California, in Marin, in the Bay Area, and, and sports were a, were a haven for me. Uh, in a time of insecurity, they were a place of security. In a time when I needed more confidence, sports were a, were a place of great confidence. I played sports. I watched sports. I played tons of Stratomatic with the Klusky kids. And, of course, I collected cards. Uh, and in an insecure time, they gave me security. Sports gave me a sense of of place and purpose and identity. And Stick um, was my sanctuary during that time. I know, you know, Cubs fans, you have Wrigley, Sox, you have Fenway, Yankee Stadium. Stick is my place, man. I know it's a butt of jokes, but when I think about sports and that, that time in my life, I think about going to Giants games at the stick and some Niner games. And like, that was, that was my place. Right when I when I close my eyes and and think about childhood and sports, it's always you know, it's always at the stick. So I returned to collecting like a lot, a lot of people uh, during the the pandemic, uh, and for me it was a, uh, an expression of self care. I really had reached a place in my life where I was I was dad, I was husband, and I was rabbi. We were about ten months into the pandemic, and I was dad, and I was husband, and I was rabbi. But there was there was no Dave. There was no Dave, and there hadn't been any Dave for, I mean, a long time. And uh, I made a space for me to come back. I was hearing about cards, and I like like everybody. I went and looked at my cards, and I just was able to, to tap in to something I really, really needed. Uh, and I learned it takes time to learn how to collect. The first few months I was collecting, the first year I was collecting, I think I was probably more accumulating than collecting. Uh, and I really, over time, discovered that uh, before you can learn what to collect uh, and how to collect, everyone has to identify why they collect. And, and for me, that, that why was that rediscovery 
of, of self, just me, right? Uh, and my really deep belief in the adage, in the end, what you collect is yourself. In the end, what you collect, what we collect is ourselves. And what I want is a, a small, beautiful collection that reflects me, a personal collection that's personal where my cards fit together. I mostly collect vintage. I'm working on a Willie Mays run. I have some other select beautiful vintage cards. I don't want the most. I just want for me the most meaningful. Uh, so the collection when it all fits together for me makes sense. I go for an 80-20 on that. I don't need perfection. And 80%, I try to say discipline and focus. And 20% is probably less than 20%. It's probably 5 to 10%. Uh, have a little fun. I have a side PC of Nick Bosa because he's my favorite player, plays my favorite position on my favorite team. So Nick Bosa is in that little side PC, 20%. The 80% is mostly vintage and a couple of really special collections, including the one I'm about to show you. This PSA graded master set of the 1984 All-Star Game. Last February, February of 22, I got the idea. All these awesome collections, but awesome is not just about how much your collection is worth, right? It might get clicks and hits and all that because you have massive bangers, but also I appreciate people who have really cool collections and really cool whys behind they collect. So for me, like I said, it was the 84 All-Star Game. I got the idea to put this 80-card master set together. Let me break it down. The NL and the AL each had 30-man rosters. There were coaching staffs in the AL and NL that equaled 10 coaches and managers. There were five announcers. There were two players who were throwing out the first pitch. There were two honorary captains. And in the bottom of the first, the camera pans on the Yankee Clipper, Joe DiMaggio, who is the featured star in the last episode, episode 24 and Joe DiMaggio. So 30, 30 is 60, 10 is 70, five announcers, 75, two first pitches, two honorary captains, and Joe DiMaggio making 80 cards in the set. As I was collecting, I got the idea to do this podcast. It just became so fun rewatching the game and researching the players. And, and again, it becomes part of collecting. It's not just about the cards. It's other things that sort of orbit around the cards themselves. And for me, the thing that orbits around really with great power are the stories. So I started diving in and went back to 1984 through the broadcast, ABC. And it was full of just amazing memories. The players, yes, the games, the teams, all that, but also the, the music and the movies and the commercials. And, and the further I, that's also an election year, it's an Olympics year. The further down the rabbit hole I go, the, the more and more convinced I am that you can make a compelling argument for all of Western civilization intersecting with the 1984 All-Star Game. Episode one was launched on March 27th, and here we are on, what is today, June I don't know, 23rd, that's Friday, uh, and I've got 25 episodes plus a couple mail days available on YouTube, available on uh, Apple Podcasts, that my YouTube channel is at Rated Rabbi, and if you just do a search for me, it's pretty darn easy to find me. Okay, we're going to go mobile right now. Enough of the jibba-jabba. Let's look at some cards. Let's look at the master set. Oh, my gosh. I'm so stoked to show this. 
show this to you. Okay, so here's what I need you to do. I'm on my phone, so I need to do that thing on StreamYard where you, you turn the camera around, and I'm gonna get kind of jangly as I lift up my phone and move around. As I switch cameras, do me just do me a little favor. What I want you to do is bear with me. If you're on the podcast, this is a great time to switch over to the YouTube. We're at minute 832. This is a visual medium, friends. I want you to see these amazing, amazing cards. Okay, everybody sit tight. I am going to switch around the camera right now. PSA graded master set. We're going to get close, but first let me run it down for you. On top, that's the NL starting lineup and the manager. Second row is the American League starting lineup. Of course, both go from left to right. Leadoff hitters in the American League was Lou Whitaker in the NL, making his first all-star appearance, the great Tony Quinn. Rows three and four are the benches from the National League. Rows five and six are the benches from the American League. And in the bottom row, that's the staffs. That is your coaching staff and your managers from the AL and the NL. Top left-hand corner, that's my ticket stub, baby. Section 55, PSA authenticated it. Moving down, we've got our five announcers. We'll do close-ups on them. On them and a couple of pop culture references, bottom left. Top right, all-star ballot. Crawd a candlestick, honorary badge given out at the All-Star Game. That's mine. But what is that? 29 years ago, Joe D, the honorary captain's first pitches, the commissioners, and a couple other little really fun storylines we'll get to later. Let's get a little closer. The glare is the glare, but it's better than the dark, I decided. So there we have leading off Tony Gwynn batting second, Rhino, Ryan Sandberg. Third and fourth, Steve Garvey and Dale Murphy. They actually are featured together in episode 10, introducing the National League, part three. Moving over, Mike Schmidt, bang after Schmidt, is the National League outfield, their leading vote-getter, Daryl Strawberry. I love that picture. Straw Straw gets his own episode. It's episode entitled, Daryl, not Daryl, episode four. I highly suggest checking that out. The Kid, Gary Carter, Ozzy Smith, Charlie Lee on the hill, and managing the manager from 1983 World Series, appearing Philadelphia Phillies, longtime front office man, Paul Owens. Paul Owens, that episode is episode nine, introducing the National League part two. Forget about Paul Owens. There's a segment about the man he replaced, Pat Corrales, Philadelphia Phillies manager, gets fired. Is over in the American League coaching, managing the Indians. He charges the mound on Dave Stewart, does a kung fu kick, and Stu drops him with a straight right. If you want to hear the whole story about that, check it out. That was introducing the National League Part 2, Episode 9. Let's move on. Check out the American League starting lineup. Lou Whitaker and his final all-star appearance, Rodney Klein, Carew, Cal Ripken, the reigning AL MVP, Dave Winfield hitting 370 at the break, Reggie also in his final appearance, George, Brett, Lance Parrish, 
Chet Lemon and on the hill making his second straight all-star start from the Toronto Blue Jays. Dave Steve, Joe Altabelli managed because he was the world champion and manager of the Orioles. Moving right along, we've got our National League benches and we've got some great stories coming up right there. See cards one and four on the left, Claudel Washington, Mario Soto. We've got an episode dedicated to the brawl they got into only weeks earlier with Soto when, when Claudette was charging the mound, like chucked the ball at him. Jody Davis is a great gateway into featuring Rick Sutcliffe and went 16 and one. Jerry Mumphrey, here comes a couple boos, boo, Mike Marshall. Fernando Valenzuela, the originator of the Fernando exemption. A guy you love on a team you hate. Fernando gets it for me as does Emmett Smith. Tim Wallach. Tim Raines and Keith Hernandez were kind of the ignoble, ignominious stars in episode 19, which is entitled Cocaine, Heart Attacks, and the Pirate Parrot. Do a dive into, among other things, the Pittsburgh drug trials in which both Raines and Hernandez were implicated. Moving down, Dwight Gooden. Oh, you don't think we got maybe a two-parter devoted to Dwight Gooden's first all-star appearance, as godlike in-person thing as I've ever experienced. And I'm a rabbi. I've seen some stuff. But that one, man, I can never forget it. The Lugie, Orozco, Juan Samuel, Al Holland, Tony Pena, Bruce Suter, Joaquin Andujar also gets his own episode, episode seven, entitled You Never Know. Andujar pulls out with either his grandpa sick or it's a shoulder injury. We never quite know. Is replaced by Fernando Goose Gossage and my Giants right there, Bob Brenly and Chili Davis moving down to the American League bench. Got Boddicker and Murray, Rice, Harmis, Richard Dotson, a bunch more Tigers, Alan Trammell, Jack Morris, Willie Hernandez, and the Quiz, Dan Quisenberry. Moving down, Dave Engel, the patron saint of one time all star appearances and not getting into. The game. Sunburn, Mattingly, Donnie Ballgame. God, he was a star. Negro, Ricky, Bill Caudill, Alvin Davis, AL Rookie of the Year, the underappreciated Buddy Bell, and the middle infield duo of Damaso Garcia and Alfredo Griffin. Bottom row, let's take a look. Tommy Lasagna. Remember the Slim Fast commercials? Kind of love Lasorda, hate Lasorda. Chuck Tanner, Claude Osteen. I had to go for guys, other cards, if they didn't appear in the 84 set. So I went 69, Osteen, 71, Don Buford. This big one in the middle is a special one. That is John Van Ornum, Giants bullpen coach. Got the nod to be a coach in the game. Van Ornum never made it to the majors. His greatest claim to fame is he was the bullpen catcher. Uh, on that 1959 TV show, Home Run Derby, that took place in kind of that weird Wrigley Field in LA. All the biggest stars. So he's on camera every episode. It's like one foot from stardom. He's the catcher, you know, when Mickey Mantle's at the plate, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and John Van Ornum. The cool thing about this card uh, is I had it my whole life. It's a 1980 police set. I had it in a box. I got it at the stick. And when I got into building the set, this was one that I already had. Just super stoked to have it. Pop one, so, you know, not available for sale now. <laughs> Whatever the dorks say. This is the PC item, John Van Ornum. Sparky, La Russa, Jimmy Williams, Cal Mitchell Sr., and Jackie Moore. Let's move up 
The American League leading home run hitter did not make the break. That's Dave Kingman in the middle. We've got a fun one. That's James Tex Carlton. Howard announced uh, that he and Carl Hubble, who threw out one of the first pitches, locked up in this classic duel. And I just thought it'd be super duper cool to have this 34 Gaudi. Quite a good pitcher, actually. So I thought there were 19 Hall of Fame players on the field that day. It turned out, when I did research, that Barry Larkin was with the U.S. Olympic team on the field during the pregame. So I did episode 13 of Barry on Top when it went from 19 to 20 future Hall of Famers on the field that day. Moving up, oh my God, the commissioners. On the right, that's Peter Uberoff with his $250 haircut. And of course, on the left, another Hall of Famer, Bowie Kuhn. Bowie gets his own episode as well, episode 21, Bowie Bowie. <laughs> that was fun. I call him Imperious. And look at that card. That's what Imperious looks like. Moving up a little higher, we've got the two first pitches. We've got Carl Hubble, 1935 Diamond Star. Is that not a badass look? That's a kind of a common thing. You three Hubble cards, you're leaning back with his arms up. But this is the card that was issued after he struck out five Hall of Famers in a row in the 30 for All-Star game, including, of course, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Next to him throwing out the other first pitch, former Giants All-Star reliever Stu Miller, who mythologically was blown off the mound. Not true, but the story's too good to let it go. They threw out first pitches, moving up a little higher. You've got Hank Greenberg, the Hebrew Hammer who was the AL's honorary captain. He also gets his own episode, the Hebrew Hammer episode 11, and episode 12 right next to him is the NL's honorary captain. He got episode 12, Stretch. The greatest card in the collection is right here. Episode 24 did a deep, joyous dive into Joe DiMaggio. The camera caught DiMaggio in the seats. And when I saw that, when I saw the camera on him, all of a sudden it went from, oh, yeah, I got to get Joe Altabelli and Dave Steve to, oh, man, if I'm going to do this, I need to get DiMaggio. But I did it, baby. Moving up, there is the honorary crowd, a candlestick from the 84 game featuring Stu Miller, who, like I said, was mythologically blown off the mound, and that pin captures that memory. Next to that, I've got an 84 All-Star Ballet. In case you're like, is this guy a complete nerd or is he a semi-nerd? Like, he's a complete nerd. This is from the Davis Finrad collection. I've had it in, a, in, the, in the program. I tucked away since I was 13 years old. It's amazing. Let's move over to the left side before we say goodbye. That's my ticket stub, section 55, row 21, seat 10. For those wondering at home, that's almost out of the stadium. But I was there. I was there. I was there. And it was one of the best days of my life. Moving down, calling the game from the booth on the left. Of course, the great Al Michaels 1989 pro set and telling it like it is. 94 action-packed Howard Cosell. In the booth with Howard and Al, we had Earl Weaver, recently retired, sort of teed it up for Alta Belly to win the 83 World Series, don't you think? He'd later come out of retirement and take the helm again. And long, long relationship. They were actually, they were very close, even though at times they sort of took it out on each other in the press. Jim Palmer. Palmer had just recently retired in 1984. Uh, this is my essential Jim Palmer card. That's 78 tops. God, he's just so darn handsome. 
Love this card. Also, the, the greatest rookie or the greatest all-star, the greatest emblem of all time for tops is right there. The shield, 1978, only happens once. It is the best, coolest, awesomest icon in sports cards history. Moving down, so Palmer does more of the clubhouse. He's in the booth a little bit. They also had Drysdale. Drysdale was the fifth man. He was really in the clubhouse doing a bunch of interviews. I thought that was just such a great picture of Don. He would be inducted into the Hall of Fame a little later that summer. Moving down, almost done. That is a 1985 Slurpy lenticular Huey Lewis and the news. Huey Lewis gets a big, big, big shout out. I do an entire episode to him in episode number 15. If this is it, God, I loved Huey. Finally, bottom right, that is a 1984 rookie card. Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte, 48 hours, limite, 48 horas. It's a Spanish card, first Eddie Murphy card. I'm going to do a dive into Eddie because he was one of my favorites, and he was huge. That's the Beverly Hills cop year. Finally, 1990 score. I got to have some kind of card to represent the stick. That one remembers. Lights out, candlestick, 19. 89 Earthquake World Series. All right, let's take one more look at the master set. It means a lot that you took a few minutes out of your day and out of your life to check this out. Putting this set together has been an incredible labor of love. I have lots and lots of more episodes ahead considering I've I've done 25 episodes and I've only completed the first inning. I would love if you checked some of them out. Tell me what you think. Give me a little feedback. Uh, most of all, if you will, tell friends. If you like what it is, just tell one person. Say, hey, there's this, eh, there's this middle-aged guy in the basement talking to himself about baseball cards. Some of it's pretty awesome, though. All right. I'm going to go for now. If it is your thing, I wish my Jewish sisters and brothers a Shabbat Shalom. I wish all y'all a wonderful weekend. Until we meet again, may you be blessed and enjoy health and long life. So long for now.